Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Main Menu for the 4th of March, 2016. I'm your co-host, Jason Castanguay. This week's show is mostly about health, and I say mostly just in case there may be those of you who don't want to hear about health, you just want to hear about some other kind of tech, and so we want to keep you engaged as well. But uh, first, we are going to start with the non-health piece. And we are hearing from Christopher Toth of Accessible Apps. He will tell us a little about some of the other services he offers, but we are going to focus on a service he will be launching called CAPTCHA Be Gone. It's in the testing phase at this point, and he provides a brief demo of the service as well. Afterward, we hear from my good friend Scott Marshall, who will be telling us all about the Cardio app for iOS and Android, as well as the CardioArm blood pressure monitor accessory. He will also be providing a demo. And last but not least, we visit with Allison Hartley of the Tech Doctor podcast, and she has the Beats Blue Bluetooth Smart Scale to show us. We will have a discussion, and then she, too, provides a demo. We get right into discussion with Christopher Toth, and he is talking about what he hopes CAPTCHA Be Gone will provide. I do think we're solving a problem that people actually need solved. Oh, mm-hmm. gosh, yes. Yep. Despite all the somewhat accessible solutions out there, you still come across so many instances where that talking option doesn't work or isn't there. It's just unintelligible or just, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Chris, what I think is one of the neatest things that you do, you ask people out there in the general public, if I were to make such and such an app, what is your interest in it? Would you buy it? And then you, you know, then you get tweets or emails or whatever. Um, because I remember one of the times that uh, when you first uh, developed Hope, I was sitting at work at the time, and I was going, God, you know, this is, this looks really good. I wonder if he's going to ever put hope out. And you said, would you, would you get hope? And I think I probably, I, at least I hope so. I think I was one of the first persons that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, that was quite a while ago that hope came out. I think hope's great. There's always hope I for hope. I still use it, actually. I still do, too. <laughs> yeah. It's sometimes funny. I'll have literally every single one of my apps open. <laughs> it's like, oh. At building my own accessible operating system here at some point. Yeah, uh, there you go. <laughs> and it's sad because I really shouldn't have to do what I'm doing. I should be working in the mainstream, working on regular apps, and those regular apps should be accessible. But that's not the world we live in. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I take it you're not developing anything for iOS or Android. Cap should be gone, especially, is something that I'm looking at bringing to the different platforms because... The part that runs on your computer runs in the web browser. It runs as kind of a browser extension. Yep. And then the heavy lifting is all done on my server. Okay. And so it actually makes it really easy to port that, assuming I can get... Like, for instance, uh, 
the version that I have running in Firefox right now, without any modification, should run on Firefox for Android. And the version that I've got, the prototype that I have running in Chrome, should also work in Chrome for Android and iOS if they allow extensions. I do need to get an Apple developer certificate for the Safari extension, but I still want to do that. I really want to bring this to all the different smartphones and everywhere. So you are the inventor of Captcha Be Gone. Tell us what it is. I run accessible apps, which we produce software for blind people. And here a couple of months ago, I sent out an email to my list of customers, and I said, hey, this is what I'm you know, doing. These are kind of our recent updates. We recently updated QRead, which is our ebook reader, and Chicken Nugget, the Twitter client, and stuff like that. This is what we've done recently. Uh, what would you like us to focus on in 2016, basically? And I got a couple of really interesting emails back from that. And one of them that I kind of focused in on was this one lady was like, I have a lot of trouble with CAPTCHAs. Now, if you don't know, a CAPTCHA is it's that little thing on the web when you're going to fill out a form, sign up for a website, maybe download software or whatever. And it asks you to, say, fill out the letters and numbers in the picture above or what's the answer to this math problem that you can't see or some other thing like that. And a lot of times, if you're using a screen reader... You just simply can't read those. They're a pretty big block. Now, some of the CAPTCHAs do have audio alternatives and other alternatives like that, but that's hardly universal. They're horrible. Uh, yeah. When there are audio, the audio is pretty much unintelligible, and when there, you know, a lot of times there simply is not an alternative at all. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't have a friendly sighted person around, then that means you're pretty much locked out of whatever you're doing. Yep. Been that's stopped. Right there. Yeah. Yep. And so I thought about this for a little bit as kind of like this problem this lovely lady had brought up to me. You know, kind of wondered about it. At first, I kind of dismissed it as, you know, this isn't really something I think I can do. It, it's, you know, some pretty advanced stuff because obviously the whole point of CAPTCHAs is to prevent robots yep. from signing up for websites or doing whatever. And yep. so if there were a solution, that we could do, I guess, anything I could do, robots could do. Or at least that's what I thought at first. But uh, I'd thought about it for a while, and as sometimes happens, I had one of my insights, sat down and started hacking on it, and started coming up with a prototype of software that would actually be able to take the capture out of your browser and go off and solve it. And I decided that about a week into this, that this was a totally viable thing, that this is something I could do, and put it out there for Twitter, and was like, hey, is this something that you guys would be interested in paying for, or whatever, because the process that I'm using, uh, it definitely has some complicated aspects to it. In fact, it is a hybrid system, which involves human interaction, and so we have actual humans on the back end, at least for some of the CAPTCHAs. And so we actually need to pay those guys. But the system I came up with basically allows you to install a simple add-on into your browser. Currently, it works in Firefox and Chrome, and I'm working also in Internet Explorer. But I'm trying to get it to run on Android and iOS and pretty much everywhere. Install a simple add-on. Then, if you're on a page with a CAPTCHA on it, you just press a keystroke or right-click and select Solve CAPTCHA. And it'll find that CAPTCHA, and it'll pull it out of the page, only the CAPTCHA. So say if you've already filled out your form, 
And it might have your credit card number in it or other personal details that you just don't want to send off. You don't have to worry about that. It will just find only the CAPTCHA on the page, extract it, send it off to our servers, and solve it. And then you get a result in, well, usually less than 14 seconds has kind of been my average uh, as I've been testing and throughout the beta. So it takes this process that once was you are literally stopped. You cannot go forward here as a blind person. You are locked out of here, which I almost see as discriminatory, but that's its own discussion. And it makes it into literally a button press. And so that's what I've built, and I'm kind of proud of it, and I'd like to show it to you all. Is there going to be a charge for the application, and is there an ongoing charge to pay for server time, or how does that work? Basically, what we're doing is I'm offering a service that will solve unlimited captures on unlimited devices, you know, on however many computers or whatever else you own, mm -hmm. or your smartphone once we get there for $3.50 a month or $36 a year. Mm -hmm. And this service, the add-ons will all be free. Everything will be free. You just you know install it into your browser, and no matter where you are, as long as you have a Capture Begun account, you can just log in and use it. Cool. Great. Yeah. And I'm glad you're approaching the iOS devices. There are solutions out there for PCs, but not for smartphones, and you often encounter the captures with your smartphones as well, so this is terrific. In our new kind of mobile-centric world, I thought that smartphones were uh, especially something to focus in on because we're doing more and more of our computing on the smartphone. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, you are in prototype now or beta? So we are <laughs> – I hate to put labels on these things, but it's it's definitely kind of a, a early alpha slash beta phase. I've got a couple of trusted testers in, and okay. they're kind of putting it through its paces. And we're talking about – early March 2016, just to give the listeners an idea on where we're coming from here. Yes. All right. Wow. Are you accepting more beta users, or are you happy where it is? Actually, would be happy with a couple of more beta users. Uh, I've been selecting them so far from the mailing list. So especially if you are interested not only in participating in the beta, but interested in the actual app itself, you should go to CAPTCHABEGON.com. I will spell that for you. C-A-P-T-C-H-A-B-E-G-O-N-E.com. We have a mailing list there that you can sign up for. And we will announce you know, when we launch the product and when we launch for all the different... Because uh, I, I'm probably going to do a rollout of the different browser extensions just pretty much when they're done so that those who, for instance, use Firefox and Chrome can start using it now. Those who uh, use Internet Explorer should be able to use it very soon. And then maybe a little later for the smartphone platforms. But you know, we'll be sending out emails as we launch those different browser extensions and basically as the service comes online uh, for multiple platforms. Okay. Cool. Now, is there a CAPTCHA on your page? No. Of course not. <laughs> I could not resist that. It's frustrating because as an accessibility professional, you know, it is obvious that CAPTCHAs are an anti-pattern. Yep. And something that if you want your stuff to be accessible, you just can't do. Mm -hmm. Another important aspect here, because earlier we mentioned audio captures. Audio captures do not work at all 
for the deafblind. Yeah. And so this yeah. solution is one that, you know, we pop up a little notification uh, when the CAPTCHA is solved, and we automatically copy it to your clipboard. So if you're just using the computer, say, exclusively through a Braille display, it'll still work for you. Mm-hmm. That's really great. That's great. We are aware that you have other products in your repertoire. Repertoire. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, as I was saying at the the beginning of the uh, segment, I was I got this idea originally from customers of some of my other applications. I run Accessible Apps, which is getaccessibleapps.com, and we sell a lot of reasonably priced software that pretty much makes sure life as a blind person easier. We've got a really full-featured Twitter client, an amazing book reader that integrates with Bookshare and never loses your place and stuff like that, and just a lot of stuff that you know I use every day, and so I kind of put out there for other people to buy, and people seem to like it. Now with Bookshare, do you use the uh, computer voices for Bookshare or whatever is uh, on your system? Is that how QRead works? So basically, QRead takes any format you can imagine EPUB. I'm especially proud of how well we work with PDF. It is the literally the fastest PDF reader you will ever find. So if you're a student who deals with, for instance, PDF textbooks, QRead is what you need. Mm-hmm. It takes all these different formats and it extracts as much data and metadata like placement information, for instance, you know, table of contents and where chapters are, basically markup out of the various formats as it can, munges it all into its internal format, and then puts it all into a nice, accessible text box. So you can just read it with whatever screen reader you typically use. It also, of course, has self-voicing options, Mm -hmm. but uh, primarily access through the screen reader. Now, how does it do with PDF manuals, for instance? Amazingly. Really? Absolutely. I am... I, QRead is definitely one of the apps that I am very much proud of. <laughs> yeah, and and I I have I know the answer to this one, but what about I think at least I think I do. Uh, what about those annoying uh, PDFs that have uh, a lot of JPEG that you just can't read? We currently do not do OCR, right? And that's right. One of the reasons is because QRead is a it's a pretty cheap app. Mm-hmm. It's around thirty dollars, sometimes even cheaper when we're doing coupons and. You know that would put up the price pretty pretty remarkably to that of say OpenBook or one of the other OCR apps, at least into the hundreds of dollars range. Mm-hmm. And that's not something I've been willing to do, but I've definitely been exploring the idea, especially after stuff like Capture Be Gone and stuff like that, of possibly allowing uh, some sort of subscription OCR service where you pay something really cheap, again like three four dollars a month, and get access to scan all your stuff without having the big hefty upfront cost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's something I've been kind of exploring. Yeah, I like subscription-based stuff. Yeah, in the world we live in, uh, where money is pretty much always tight, it's nice when it's a very cheap thing instead of something big that you have to kind of throw it all into. Anything else you have for Randy? Um, yeah. I, I feel like you answered questions that weren't even asked. It was great. And we just asked whatever else we had. This has been terrific. Anything? I don't think I've abandoned anything. I haven't updated Hope in a long time, but that's pretty much because it just works. It just works. Yeah, there's no <laughs> no need to. Uh, do you have Hope, Jason? Yep. Uh, do, um, do, I, I don't have Hope at the moment. And I, I use primarily a Mac, too. I, I don't know if there's a Mac version of Hope. Maybe there's it. not. But I've thought about that because, I mean, you guys have like Piano Pub and other random stuff like that. But I've definitely thought about just putting out Hope for Mac. And I know I've been bugging you on Twitter about Chicken Nugget for Mac, too. (laughs) 
But uh, I don't know what kind of a process that would be. But oh, I would love it because I mean, Euro Fukuru is is nice, but not. Have you quite. tried the new Twitter Mac app? I have tried it, and it works quite well. It's a little sluggish, but it works well. Um, at least on my machine, it's a little sluggish. I can't zip around quickly. <laughs> and I mean, the way Chicken Nugget allows me to zip around because there's no interface, so just I mean, I can just fly through things. You know, you hear partially the beginning and nope, 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 and you just keep plugging right along. It's so great. I love it. It does, like, the whole idea of the... This is something I got a little bit away from uh, after working on my uh, Quitter project back in, oh, 2009, 2010, whenever that was, Mm -hmm. is that project was pretty much exclusively through uh, a speech-only interface. And so... I found that to be almost as bad in its own way as a completely inaccessible interface that's visually appealing because it's definitely, it leaves out partially sighted people and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there are definitely something to be said, and I'm definitely not the first one to say it, about accessible interfaces explicitly built for blind people that allow us to exploit some of the benefits of the speech and audio and stuff like, you know, being able to hear multiple things at once and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. uh, that you can't really get from a full standard interface. And that's kind of why Chicken Nugget takes that hybrid approach where you've got the regular standard user interface and also the invisible uh, speech UI for the totally blind or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I can appreciate that. That's a great idea. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been great talking to you guys. Yeah, well, thank it's you been for great talking on. to you too. Uh, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate your time. And now, the Capture Be Gone demo. So here we are on a creative download page, downloading a driver, and we're faced with a Captcha. Separator. Heading level 3 verification question star. What is the total of edit as autocomplete? What is the total of? Looks like a math question. So there's no Link of what is audio alternative anywhere around here. Uh, we're pretty much just blocked. Let's try Capture Be Gone. I'm going to press Control-Shift-C. Alert solving Captcha. And we'll just sit back and wait while it solves the Captcha. Alert Captcha solved 5. Oh, well that was pretty quick. Got our answer back. Level three Let's see if that's the right answer so we can download this driver. Five land. Link of relink out of link link. Open an SDX And there we go. Got past the captcha. Welcome, Scott Marshall, to ACB Radio. Scott, man, it's been quite a long time since you and I spoke. Uh, we spoke a little bit while you were while Jason was over at your place, but um, you know, it's uh, good to have you back in uh, communications again. How are you? Thanks, Randy, and thanks, Jason. It's great to be here with you guys. I've been a long-time main menu junkie and soon becoming a junkie on something called Cooking with the Hazelnut. Oh, I've heard of that show. Yeah, are those guys any good? I realize you didn't didn't want me to give you that unsolicited plug, but I... Of course, yeah, that sounds really good. Well, um, uh, we understand that you have really a cool product, and this is really going to be really nice because it's going to come on the heels of another device uh, that we're going to be talking about which is a scale uh, for iOS so um, this all looks really good well the cardio arm 
blood pressure and pulse monitor is one of a family of devices which includes a scale as well as a EKG monitor, believe it or not. Uh, by the way, cardio is spelled with a Q, Q-A-R-D-I-O. And the website is getcardio.com. I purchased this unit for $95 on Amazon. Wow. The company, the company wow. really uh, prides itself and says that the device is clinically tested for accuracy. And they further recommend that you send it back to them every two years or talk to them at least of how to get it tested to make sure that it's accurate, which I thought was kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm curious to know if um, the, the uh, device is accessible right out of the box. Do they, do they claim accessibility or how does that work? There are parts of the device that are not accessible, like the map that shows where you are when you're taking your blood pressure. Do I really care? And a few of the charts that show uh, how your blood pressure stacks up with the World Health Organization uh, guidelines, which, by the way, the guidelines are in the manual. The manual is quite excellent. It comes in a variety of languages. And although I've been taking blood pressure medicine for years, it contains a lot of useful, um, helpful information stuff that I really didn't even know about, for example, the variables that are involved in taking blood pressure. You shouldn't be talking when, when you're taking your blood pressure or eating or drinking. You should be relaxing with your arm at, at the same level as your heart with your palm up in the air. You should relax and you shouldn't be doing this at worldwide radio program. <laughs> Well, I'm always eating and drinking and talking, so that never would work for me then. I guess not, but uh, we can always try. Uh, let me just the device a little bit, and then we'll, we'll actually take a blood pressure uh, measurement and uh, see how, uh, how my nerves are holding out here. Um, the product comes in a cardboard cylindrical box, and the blood pressure cuff is wrapped around the electronics portion of the device. And it's important that when you take the unit out of the box, you just sort of look at how it's wrapped together. Because the way you turn on the cardio uh, arm is to unwind or unwrap the cuff away from the electronics portion of the device. There's a little magnet in there, and that's what determines whether it's on or off. By the way, it comes preloaded with four AAA alkaline batteries. The manual recommends that you only use alkaline AAA batteries. Do not use uh, rechargeable batteries. So I'm going to unwind it right now in preparation of getting it on my arm. And when you unwind it, after you get all the, the cuff unwound from the, from the body of the device, there's a little fabric tab that you pull to open up the loop of the cuff. I'm opening up that loop so I can insert my arm. Now, I should mention that the electronics portion is a small box about, oh, I would say two inches wide, a half an inch thick, and maybe five inches long. 
on one end of this rectangular box is the logo for the device, and it is not metal. The manual says to keep that, that the logo portion pointing down toward your fingers when you have this on your arm. But, good news, on the other end of the rectangular box is the cap to the battery compartment, and there is a little uh, notch that you press to pop the battery cap off, and that is very nicely tactile. So, the Scott Marshall variant on the instructions would be to position the, your arm in the cuff such that the battery compartment is up toward your shoulder. You should have the electronics portion on the inside of your arm, uh, closest to your body, and you should, and I'm doing this right now as we speak, slide the cuff up past the crooked elbow by about an inch. I'm now going to tighten the, the uh, cuff. They say do not tighten it too tightly. Uh, the key is to be able to stick your finger underneath the cuff between your arm and the cuff. All right, now we're almost ready to get on with the show here, gentlemen. I'm going to unplug my headset for a moment while I take the measurement. You'll hear, I'll go through the voiceover screen a little bit. Uh, I will press a start button. You'll probably hear the cuff inflate. Uh, when it gets up to the proper level of inflation, it will take the measurement and then deflate. There is a cancel button if you panicked and wanted to get out of this deal before the measurement actually occurred. You are free to do that. All right, uh, here we go. I'm going to unplug my headset now, and I'm going to be in the app. Okay, gentlemen, we're now on the main menu of the Cardio Arm app. You might recall I mentioned that this company offers other devices, and you can choose which device you're using from this main menu, and we're going to choose Cardio Arm here, which is, of course, the name of the blood pressure monitor. Cardio Base. Cardio Arm. Cardio. Okay. Okay, now we're now we're in the main menu for cardio arm. List heading. Export history icon. I see chart. Selected. I see calendar. I see location. Okay, this is uh, this is uh, not the main menu. I'm gonna have to back out of that uh, so I get up to the 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 um, measurement screen. Hitting talk. Cardio. Export. Hitting talk. This, by the way, this screen is the history screen. It allows you to look at your history of, of readings and also allows you to export uh, your readings, i.e. email your readings to your doctor or healthcare provider. Measurement icon, but history icon, but The tabs across the bottom uh, also give you an opportunity for the reminders tab there. You can set up uh, a reminder of when you want to take your blood pressure each day. The manual recommends that you do it twice a day. I'm now at the screen uh, which allows us to start the process of taking the, the measurement. Let me just flick down through the various options here. Of course, there's help at the top, which is nice. And it gives you some brief tips on taking uh, blood pressure 
and what each of these functions actually does. Visitor mode. The visitor mode, either if it's off, uh, it, it will put all your reading into your history screen so that you can then export that to your doctor or whatever. If it's on, then it's a one-time only reading and will not be uh, contained in this list of your prior readings. The measurement will not be saved in the history start. Button. There's the start button. We'll do that in a moment. Measurement icon. Button. Then we have icon. Uh, reminders icon. the icons for the reminders and history that I spoke about a little earlier. Now I'm going to go ahead, take that deep breath, relax. <sighs> okay, and start the measurement, and um, then I'll talk to you after it deflates. History icon, measurement icon, start, button, during your measurement, breathe normally and do not talk. Okay, it's deflating now, and let's, now let's look at these, um, uh, at the readings. During your measurement, breathe normally and do not. T-Mobile Wi-Fi Net, three of Cardio, 81. Pulse, MMHG, 86. I'm, I'm going up. MMHG, 143. Okay, so the, the systolic measurement, the higher of the two, is 143. MMHG, DIA. The diastolic. MMHG 86 is 86. Both of these readings are not great, by the way. MMHG pulse. And then pulse is 81. 81. And you can also write a note at this point too, and uh, indicate you know your state of mind or lack thereof for this particular reading. That's basically about it. There are features that I have not used with this device yet, for example, it will average your measurements uh, so that you'll get an even more accurate picture of your blood pressure. They indicate in the manual that taking blood pressure just once really isn't a good measure of what it actually is, and they recommend that you in fact average several readings at a minimum of 30 seconds apart, and apparently the device will do that for you uh, automatically if you so choose. Uh, you can even be given a push notification message if you are following other people who also use the device and you'll be told when they've taken their their measurement. For example, if your mother or father uh, needs to monitor all the time, you could, could make sure that uh, they, were, they were doing that. So anyway, this is a really quite sophisticated device. Uh, I think it's it's not entirely accessible. What a few things are, I guess. Uh, but all in all, I'm glad I made the purchase. And if I have to, you know, use a blood pressure monitoring device, as I mentioned before, you might as well have a cool techie game to do it with. That's Any terrific. questions, Jason? One of my questions is how 
long do the batteries last typically? Do they give an estimate for that? I didn't see an estimate for that in the manual. There is a battery indication light. I don't believe it speaks, but I haven't had this that long to really know if it does. It gives you a warning at 25% and will continue to function. But then when you get the next indication of low battery, the device will be dead effectively. Mm -hmm. They do recommend that you do replace all four alkaline batteries at once. Okay. Uh, Scott, that sounds like a great um, product. I, uh, it's, it's the, the parts that you really need are, in fact, accessible. And I think your blood pressure readings were a little bit high because, you know, you were having issues with getting into the menus and uh, you're on the air. <laughs> is your pressure up from where it normally is or is it uh, a little lower or where where have your readings been? Because you might be a little nervous. That's all I'm asking. Oh, sure. No. no, no. Uh, and, and, you know, really, any time you take it just once, that is not a real accurate view of what it actually is. That's why they recommend that you take it more than once and then average the, the readings. But yeah, this was a little higher than it normally is. It normally with medication is somewhere around uh, uh, 120 to 130, and then the lower number, the diastolic, is somewhere between 80 and 90, which is okay. Okay. Well, thank you for that. And Scott, thank you for being here. It's great having you on. And I know you're in a bit of a rush. And uh, thanks for taking the time. My pleasure, guys. Anytime. This has Keep been great. Great work. I really enjoy the show. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Allison Hartley, welcome to Main Menu. Wow, I just can't believe it. We've talked for years over text, but we uh, have never spoken directly. Sure, great talking with you. I know you two. This is a little bit surreal for me, and I'm, and I'm so glad to be here. I've been a big R fan <laughs> <laughs> and a main menu fan for many years, so it's great to be here. Yeah, well, I've been your Thank fan you. as well, hearing you on the Tech Doctor podcast and and all over. The reason that I asked you to come on here, we got a request for someone to do a demonstration of a blood pressure device that works with the iPhone and a scale. And I tweeted out my request and, and I couldn't believe it. It's just a matter of moments you jumped on it and said you'd love to do a demonstration. And uh, that's yep, great. We got my we got my friend Scott to do the blood pressure one too. So Yeah, so it's oh, gonna be all coming together. It's yeah. gonna be a health show, which I thought it would would be just great because um, Allison and I have talked um, a lot about fitness you, you've talked a lot about fitness i've complained a lot about it <laughs> <laughs> well how is since this is a health show how are you doing on your fitness these actually days? much much better i am trying to in 2016 i'm really trying to focus for a number of reasons on greater health and fitness i'm starting to take lean cuisines in for lunch most days as opposed to going out somewhere to eat i bought an exercise bike actually refurbished from a gym Good for so you. it's a really really nice quality bike that was only 250 dollars. i still want the tread climber someday but you know i have to be rich like big r to get that. <laughs> well <laughs> i you know I've, I've worn a lot of parts this is no kidding i've worn uh, a lot of the parts out on my tread climber 
Wow, and you are intense. Yeah, I guess I am. A tread climber, uh, you guys, is a device uh, like a treadmill. You step down, it's like stepping th- on a treadle, which which you are, and you're actually moving forward at the same time. So it's like a combination stair climber <laughs> and treadmill. And so you're actually, it's like you're walking in sand. It's uh, intense. Yeah. Yeah. So with regards to the fitness, though, with getting all this, all the equipment and eating better, I wanted to have a way of independently monitoring my weight. Mm-hmm. And I, I have not found one of the standalone talking scales that has really met my needs, I wanted something that was going to be able to interface with my iPhone. And my friend Al Puzzoli on Twitter mentioned that he had a friend who had tried the Beats Blue Smart Scale. That's B-E-E-T-S, I believe. I'll put all this in a link for your show notes as well okay. so that so that you have a link to the exact scale that I got. Great, great. But it's the Beats Blue Smart Scale, and it looks just like a regular scale. You put batteries in it. I believe it takes four double A batteries. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, I had a friend come over. She was over anyway, and we got it up and running together. But it turned out it didn't really need any help getting it going. It just looks like a regular scale. You put the batteries in, you download the Beats Blue app, and you enter in some information about yourself, height, weight, gender, all the basics. It can also import all that from the health app if you have it already there, but I didn't. It goes through some configuration of what you want the scale to announce each time. It asks if you want to share the data with the health app. And in my case, I absolutely did because I wanted to have some of it especially carry over onto my Apple Watch. As I recall, I didn't have to do anything special to get the scale paired to the phone. It just kind of, I had to stand on the scale for the first time. You wait for two beeps. The first beep, it is simply measuring your weight uh, the second beep, it's actually calculating things like your body mass index, your muscle mass, your bone density. Oh it, it, can, it, it does a lot of stuff. It's a little bit overwhelming, actually, the amount of information that it gives you at first for somebody who is, is new to fitness like I am. And the app, I have to say, is pretty accessible. You have to take your socks off if you're going to get an idea of the extra data like the BMI and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really good. It's a great scale. I've not been using it for too long. So I'm still learning about all the things it can do. I want to do a little bit of, of comparison over a couple of weeks and, um, and kind of look at the progress I've made. Mm-hmm. Almost every day, though, I'm noticing the weight going down a little bit. So that's a good thing. Oh, that is. <laughs> yeah. That, that really is. Um, the BMI actually reads that out to you as well. Not reads it out, but when you can you know, focus in on it with your eye device. Yeah, it will. It does this thing where if you have, when you have the app open and you step on the scale, the Samantha voice in this centorious, loud, carrying voice <laughs> will shout out all of the <laughs> statistics. But then you can actually focus it on voiceover on that particular day that you've been on the scale and look at all the stuff individually. And I may have, I may have lied about bone density. I'll, <laughs> we'll find out on the, on the demo. Um, mm-hmm. But it definitely does muscle mass. It definitely does BMI. Um, it does, I believe water. Con- I, I, the one I wanted to focus on was mainly BMI. I'm focusing on, on lowering my BMI specifically. My, my husband has kidney disease for mm-hmm. those who don't follow me on Twitter. And I'm trying to get myself to a BMI level where I will be able to get tested to see if I can if I can donate a kidney, and so I'm really 
focusing in on on that number and of course the overall weight um, because I have a target weight that I need to get to in order to get to that BMI. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to ask you how Jeremy was doing with his kidneys, but I, you know, somehow we just hadn't got into that conversation. Yeah, I can understand why you would want to do that. Um, yeah, and thanks. He's doing. He's actually doing quite well with his dialysis and everything. Mm-hmm. It's a little draining, and they're still getting all the numbers right and everything. But thank goodness, you know, mm-hmm. he he's here and and he's responding well, and that's that's really all that matters for now. You know, he's. He's, he's fighting the good fight. That's really good. Well, how did you decide on talking scales not being the right scale for you? Um, is it because of, uh, you know, you, you wanted a little bit more information? And the reason I'm asking this was I had a uh, My Way scale that lasted me for a number of years. I've gone through five <laughs> scales, by the way. <laughs> and it's not because I'm tough on them. Um, one time my son, when he was two years old, uh, which was uh, a long time ago, <laughs> a long time ago, I had this one scale that you stepped on, and it would actually, there were no buttons to push, but it would go, and then it told you this oh weight in a real monotonous voice. Probably one of the first talking scales out there, and it was like close to $100. And I had another one with memories that, please step on the scale. It had like six buttons on it. Then the last, oh. one of the last ones I have, you just tapped your t- toe on it, and, and then you stood on it, and then it gave you your weight. Now, that one, for some reason, a piece fell off inside, so the circuit board actually cracked on it. No comments, okay, uh, Jason? Well, Randy, I was going to say, you, you, can't ta- you, you can't kick the scale. You have to tap it. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows with a scale like that, if it's some kind of abuse, um, you know, by actually tapping on it. You know, that, that might be true. I don't know, because the scale sometimes would uh, go off center, you know, off its feet and uh, again no comments <laughs> you just keep digging that hole yeah, I know. <laughs> okay i'm gonna stop uh, so i ended up ordering and I, and I think i did this the day uh maybe the day before we tweeted together but it's a tailor and it's a 70 da- uh, 70-84 and it um, works by just stepping on it, and it just measures your weight, and, and that's it. But the neat thing about it was I got it off of Jet.com, which is an entirely different accessibility story, but I got through it. It worked good, but it was only 42 bucks. I work really hard at, at uh, maintaining weight, and I guess I'd kind of like to know about BMIs and stuff like that. I'm really curious about it. I kind of wish I would have waited a little bit, but, you know, I suppose I could have another scale, like one upstairs and one down or something. But how how much uh, was your scale? I'm really curious. It was under $100. It was one of those things where I bought it and then I didn't open it right away. And so I'm trying to remember what I actually paid for. And I want to say it was something like $79 or $89. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was not extravagant um, okay. when I do the demo. I can talk a little bit more about the price as well. The demo, by the way, is going to consist of me putting something besides myself on the scale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I can understand that. Humans don't usually <laughs> broadcast uh, to right. like thousands of people. So. <laughs> <laughs> the other day, though, it was kind of funny. My guide dog, Gary, um, he was randomly stepping on the scale, and I didn't I didn't have the... Uh, the app running so i didn't i didn't catch his weight but he kept stepping on it turned out there was a toy behind it oh, wow. <laughs> but, at first, but at first i was like are you just enamored with this piece with this new piece of equipment or are you just going to keep stepping on it it's going to keep putting your weight in mommy's app you know <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
can you describe the scale a little bit? I know that it'll be in your demo, but I'm just curious. Is it uh, glass? Is it uh, partly glass, partly you know plastic? Is it, it is, and I'm just going to walk on over to it. It is quite plasticky. Uh-huh. Um, there is really nothing on it that is glass-like. It is a hard plastic um, with a sort of, well, I guess... We I all, guess the I guess the top would be more more glass feeling. We all um, do this, don't we? We all tap on things yeah. and rub them. And <laughs> <laughs> it is, and it's um, it's a square, so I don't think it matters what way you necessarily have it oriented, as long as you step fully on the platform. It has four sort of plasticky feeling sensors. Yes, on the top of it, and I, I you try to put your feet as evenly on those sensors as you can. It's hefty. It is, in my experience, a bit heftier than traditional scales. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say I'm, I'm terrible with, with measurements, but it's... I, I don't even want to hazard a guess. I, I, would, I would say it's, you know... Well, foot. usually they're about a foot square. Yeah, yeah. And I would say that's about what it is. And it just... It's nice because it just sits here... Um, right by the bedroom door on our heart on our laminate floor you want to put this on as flat a surface as you can and preferably a hard surface because with any smart scale there is the potential that it can go off by as many as 20 pounds if you don't have it on a flat hard surface our bathroom Mm. is too small so i just put it out here in the living room Mm -hmm. yeah the scale that i bought um it wants you to take they were not it. Well, the scale didn't say this, but it being the manufacturers uh, say that you should um, weigh yourself twice for the first time of operation. Then you can just leave it alone. Then you don't have to worry about it. And it doesn't matter how many people use it or anything. But if you move it to another spot, you have to discard the first um, weight measurement because it works that way it's 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 smart but it's not smart enough to figure out that it's been moved so apparently it's got oh isn't that interesting yeah i thought so too kind of like a calibration before the real weight comes Mm -hmm. right but going back for a minute to why i chose this over a traditional talking scale i I wish i'd known about the one that you got but i ultimately although i'm focusing more on health and fitness i'm still kind of lazy so (laughs) i wanted some i wanted something that was going to automatically put my data into an app so that i wouldn't have to go through the arduous three-second process of putting it in myself every day Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know that that adds up over time that's minutes of my life you know <laughs> well, and it turns out you get more information from this scale than you would from a, just a standalone talking one, most yeah, likely. Yeah, yeah. I had had a lot of problems with the ones where you tapped your foot and then stepped on it. It would always say hello, and then I would step on, and then it would say goodbye. (laughs) It made me feel good about myself for a minute. I was like, wait, am I that light that the scale doesn't recognize me? (laughs) I think there is really something to be said for those scales because that's that's the type I had that ended up breaking internally. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. hmm. Uh, I'm I'm curious, you were talking about something about water, uh, water measurement? I think, I I think, and this is see, I I hone in so much on the on the the BMI 
and the muscle mass that I, I think it actually attempts to measure the am- amount of water in your se- or something. There, there are a bunch of there are a bunch of numbers, and I'll I'll go through them all on the um, on the demo oh, that it goes that. through. In addition, yeah. in addition to uh, to BMI, mm-hmm. muscle mass, and weight. I think it's really important, um, and if, if it's if it's what I'm thinking, you know, that it measures water density or whatever. Um, I have recently started, and I haven't done this for a long time, but I got a. Um, well, I've never done this. I've never drank so much water in my life. Uh, seriously, I uh, I have a what's called an Aquasana water filter. Mm-hmm. And I have this, and I'm gonna <laughs> set it down on the right next to me here. It's a big. It's empty now, but it's a big. It's all it is is a plastic thirty-two ounce tumbler. Mm-hmm. And I drink four of them a day. Oh my goodness! Well, you're getting your. Well, that's that's more than your recommended eight glasses. That's sixteen glasses. Yeah. that's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, three I drink a, day. a lot of water too. <laughs> but I do make noise when I walk now. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely been up in the water intake. I um, I really try to stay away from. Um, regular soda I do I realize that the diet sodas are just as bad for you mm-hmm. but I try to stick to things like Coke Zero um, stuff that's in theory a little bit better for you at least less calories so I've definitely been upping the water oh yes I, I have a soda stream and I um, I, I buy these essence these fruit essence mm-hmm. and I um, I indulge myself um, you know quite a quite a bit with them I mean I like them I haven't done it for a while because I ran out of um, CO2, but, um, you know, as soon as I really started laying off the soda, which, you know, I'm going to, I mean, I like soda, <laughs> but, uh, then they came out with a, um, Keurig cold spelled with a Q. Oh. And it's, you don't have to buy any, uh, thing. Uh, you just buy the pods and put them in. They have their own, uh, CO2, uh, capsules built in and mm-hmm. when water hits it, it just starts the process fizzing and it's got a cooler inside that keeps everything down to 39 degrees now why do they come up with something like that when i've started laying off of soda you know i know right my dream (laughs) my dream cadillac machine temptation temptation i know and i've been telling jason about this and we're going yeah man that sounds like a great thing well, it would make a great demo for our listeners. Yeah. You know, I think that you should that you should really consider taking one for the team. I'm, I'm sure you and do. <laughs> taking one up. <laughs> yeah, maybe we could all go in together and like you know, like one of us use it one week and shipping charges would be kind of high. You're out. It would in be California. astronomical. Yeah. You're out in California. I'm in Minnesota, and Jason's yeah. in uh, Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Bluetooth, but uh, I will demonstrate it just because you know people are interested in scales, and I know people are, are really interested in the Bluetooth uh, stuff. So um, and how it pairs and everything. So I guess this will be just a you know a scale demo we're speaking to you march late. the third mm-hmm. yeah yep. march the third and uh, it's 2016 if you will, if you're hearing this in in future and by the time you're hearing this uh, i'll be so svelte you won't even know it <laughs> 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 me too hopefully <laughs> yeah yeah well all of us <laughs> yeah <laughs> well this has been really great do you have anything else that you'd like to add um, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I am 
a pretty prolific tweeter, but I like to think that I have interesting things to say, at least in my own mind. <laughs> you can follow Apple Alley. That's Apple, like the fruit, Alley, A-L-L-I. And thank you guys so much for having me. You can give yourself a plug about the podcast that you're doing. Oh, right. Mm. Oh, my God. I'm, I am really bad at this self-promotion stuff. I really have to, really I, have to get no, better. I'm, no, I'm not. In this, really. in, this, in this digital age, yeah. <laughs> I co-host with my dear friend, Dr. Robert Carter, the Tech Doctor podcast. And we are a pretty Apple-centric podcast. We talk about our own experiences with Apple products. We also interview developers of accessible apps, also um authors of new books that are coming out for Apple products. Basically, if it has anything to do with Apple, we talk about it. We tend to do a rundown of all of the uh, Apple events that happen, and hopefully we've got one coming up here in just a few weeks. We'll see how that goes. Mm -hmm. We really love spreading the word about the accessibility of Apple products, and you can find out more by visiting www.dr-carter.com. That's dr-carter.com. We hope you subscribe. I know I do, and I never miss a cast, and that is the truth. And both these guys are my great friends. Be sure and join them because they really do a great job. Ah, oh, Big R, you make it, me blush. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the demo. Hi, everyone. It's Allison Hartley, and welcome to my very brief demo of the Beats Blue Smart Scale the link to which should be in the show notes. Um, I've given a physical description of the scale in my interview with Randy and Jason. And so what I'm going to do right now is simply step on the scale and demonstrate how it gives a measurement of weight, of BMI, and of muscle mass index. I apologize, I, I mentioned that it weighed a few other aspects that it actually doesn't on my interview. I was home from a very long day of work and was just kind of spouting off. Um, and so I'm gonna be editing the weight out of this recording, but I wanted to give you an accurate idea of how it works. So I'm going to now step on the scale. You will hear one beep. Wait a bit and you'll hear a second beep. Zero pounds, fat, 0.9%, muscle mass, 16.9%. And as you can hear, the scale has announced those numbers. I can go through on the app in the history section and also on the main screen of the app once I have taken my weight for today and review those numbers. I've got a ways to go before I am at my target weight, but there's a section of the app that also allows you to set a target weight goal. And so that in brief is how the Beats Blue Smart Scale works. As you could hear, you heard a little beep and you heard the Samantha voice shouting the weight and the muscle mass and the BMI for all the world to hear. So I hope that you have enjoyed this demo. I hope that you will consider buying the Beats Blue Smart Scale. It has worked quite well for me so far. Thank you very much. Before we end this week's show, I wanted to briefly mention a skill for the Amazon Echo. And for those of you who don't know, there are tons of skills you can enable for the Amazon Echo. Um, I thought there were maybe 
I don't know, 20 or 30 of them. And then when I went to look, there were just oodles. So one of the skills is called seven minute workout. And it's a very simple skill. I won't bother demoing it here because first of all, I don't have enough time, but it's very straightforward. Once enabled, you ask the echo to open the seven minute workout and it guides you through just that, a seven minute workout. And there are different exercises and it will give you a certain amount of time with each exercise. And I have to admit, I didn't know what some of them were. And so I ran through it dry just to find out what it was going to do. And I discovered that if you don't know a particular exercise, you can ask for help by simply saying help. And it will tell you more about that exercise and how to perform it. And that's pretty much it. Um, I thought it was fun. There's a little tick-tock sound as it's timing you, and it just gives you a bunch of these different exercises, and it's all completed within a seven-minute period. A great way to get your heart pumping and get that blood flowing before you go to work or maybe after eating a rich dinner. Ooh, who wants to exercise after that now that I think about it? <laughs> but it, there are times when a seven-minute workout can do a lot of good, so I wanted to mention it. Main Menu is a program sponsored by the American Council of the Blind and ACB Radio. It airs every Friday evening beginning at 9 Eastern and repeats every four hours until 5 p.m. Eastern the following day. You can listen by going to ACB Radio Mainstream, acbradio.org mainstream. You can also listen by using the ACB Link app, or by calling 605-475-8130. It is also available as a podcast. If you'd like to send us feedback, please email us at mainmenu at acbradio.org. We hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you for listening. <laughs>